0: On October 7th, Hamas terrorists attacked Israel, massacring over 1,200 people and abducting 240 more. The stories that are coming out from October 7th are astonishing. People were butchered in their homes, raped in the streets, beheaded, burned alive. It's evil like I have not seen before on display. But just hours before the attack... There were people dancing until sunrise at the Supernova Music Festival. They could never have imagined what would happen to them after sunrise. They could have never imagined that nearly one-third of the total deaths that day would come from those they were dancing with. Today's podcast, we have a survivor from the Supernova Music Festival. We have with us today a 25-year-old American woman Who was there at the supernova music festival saw the horror of hamas up close she survived by hiding under dead bodies she shared her phone footage with us from that day be warned it's very graphic this is the festival prior to the attack you can see everyone dancing and enjoying themselves this is her view from inside the bomb shelter where she hid from Hamas. You can see how many people have already been murdered by Hamas's guns and grenades. One more view. This one's right outside of the shelter. You can see the dead bodies spilling out of the shelter. It is only by the grace of God that this young woman made it out alive. She is here to tell her story. Today on the Glenbeck Podcast, we welcome Lee Saucy. I want limited commercial interruption, uh, so let me just tell you about a couple sponsors here right off the start. First, nothing worse than having odors in your home that just won't go away. That's why we uh, have a sponsor called Eden Pure. Um, you have teenagers, you can cook fish, bad smell either way. When you get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, the fish smell and the teenager smells gone. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. This this is uh, the thunderstorm knocks out um, the smells in the room. You don't have to replace a filter. It's not covering up. Eden Pure has sold over three hundred and fifty thousand thunderstorms uh, so far. They have thousands of five star reviews online. Um, I will tell you that we have three of them in our home, and we have one by the kitchen. We have one one with a teenagers and one in the main part of the house and i have to tell you the house always smells good it smells clean this week they're running a special uh, amazing that you don't want to miss right now you can save two hundred dollars on three sun- thunderstorms for the whole home protection actually i think we have four because we put one in our refrigerator too three units for under two hundred dollars go to edenpuredeals.com enter the discount code glenn EdenPureDeals.com. Also, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. Um, boy, you, uh, you want to be prepared in so many ways. Temporally, uh, spiritually, as you will hear today, being prepared spiritually for what could come is really important. But you also physically want to be prepared. Um, our world can change in a heartbeat. And you need you and your family to be ready for any eventuality. So you are not a burden on others. You are actually able to help. My Patriot Supply is the country's largest preparedness country uh, company in the country. It is equipped to stock the shelves uh, so you can have a three month emergency food kit. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks last up to 25 years. It's now $200 off. You can get one for each member of your family. You put it up on the shelf, you don't think about it again. It lasts 25 years, and it's really good. You just add water and heat, and then you eat. Make sure every member of your family has at least a three month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go right now, MyPatriotsupply.com. That's MyPatriotsupply.com. Order by three, and your order ships today. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, I appreciate it.
0: Um, We were talking before the recording about, I don't wanna re-traumatize or anything else, Um, and you said actually talking about it helps you. How or why?
1: I think after what I've been through, Um, you know, seeing, you know, us getting killed, seeing people getting killed in front of my eyes, you know, I feel like it's really important that as long as I'm alive, to bring awareness to what happened and not to let this happen again, because a lot of people saying that it's lies, but it's it's not lies. It's it's real life. And a lot of people are suffering a lot of trauma from this.
0: So before we get into the story, I want to know who you were, because I imagine you're quite different today than you were on the 6th of October.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so tell me about you. Who were you?
1: Before, mm-hmm. um, before I was... You know, just a simple person. I used to love, uh, I used to like to travel and be with family and- You're 25? I'm 25 years old.
0: Where where did you grow up?
1: Yes, I'm 25 years old. I grew up in Los Angeles my whole life.
0: relatively normal, easy life?
1: Yeah, I had a normal life, an easy life. You know, I went to public school. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with all sorts, types of all different types of people. You know, um, I had a diverse background with friends.
0: Did you ever <sighs> encounter real anti-Semitism?
1: Um, not after October 7th. Not you se- mean
0: not before? Not be- sorry, pardon yeah. me. Not before yeah. October 7th. Yeah, pardon okay, me. so you before. never had that
1: no no and i i it was hard to believe in a point in a way not i believed it i knew that the holocaust happened right but i didn't think that something like this would happen again in my lifetime nor to you nor to me exactly
0: so why were you over in israel is this your first time over in israel
1: um no i've been to israel many times my father he's israeli he Mm. was born and raised in israel Mm and i have a i have a boyfriend a fiance now actually um he's from israel as well and we had planned to go to israel to meet his family for me to meet his family and to meet and to meet his mother and to spend the holidays with his family so you were engaged before no no so we wanted to meet the family we we went to meet the family he wanted me to meet the family and we went together as boyfriend and girlfriend and on the second day when we arrived to israel he proposed to me at the in the jerusalem at the Kotel the western wall yeah it was really special
0: and what day was that
1: i think that was uh it was like two days before uh rosh hashanah which is the jewish new year Mm -hmm. i think it was september 13th
0: okay september 13th so then did you plan on going to the concert
1: i did plan to go because my cousin he was a big organizer for the event and what
0: what was it because it seemed like i mean no offense you're from california so you'll understand i'm from the west coast too (laughs) it seemed very hippie very just like right
1: it's very hippie okay um this location where they did the party it's a known location for nature parties um,
0: What's a nature
1: party? A nature party is, uh, that's a good question. Um, this is what they call it in he- Israel. Mm-hmm. They call it the nature parties. It's our t- their type of raves. Okay. You know, for us, we call raves raves there. Mm-hmm. They call their raves nature party. Okay. But it's a, basically a music festival with different DJs, uh, with genre of trance, mainly trance and techno. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the outdoorsy and it's very, you know, normally it's small groups. A small capacity normally there's like four or five hundred people at these events how but, many were at this but this event was a big event for israel and it was around four thousand people
0: and was the i mean because it was the point peace and we should all get along yes
1: or? it was a nova i think it was called nova peace festival um it was a peace festival to, for people that love music and love to dance uh, my cousin, he was a big organizer for this event, so I knew about it weeks in advance. In fact, when I found out that my flight was, I was supposed to leave Israel on October 3rd, and I decided to extend my stay in Israel oh. so I could go to this event. It, I like, was determined to go to this event. You know, I was, uh, so was excited for it. Who'd you go with? So I had gone, I had planned to go with my uncle, Avi, her, his, his, I'm sorry, my uncle, Avi, his daughter, Danielle, Danielle's husband, Maor, our good friend, Alex. And uh, we planned to meet up at the event with my other cousins, Nitsa and Lidor, and my cousin, Omri, who was planning the event. Um, I originally wanted to go with my fiance. I had begged him. All week, all weeks, the weeks that I had known about this event, I was begging him to to join me. And And he didn't didn't want to come because at first he said he was going to come. And then he found out that the event was on a Friday evening, uh, which is Shabbat. And not only Shabbat, it was the holiday of Simchat Torah. And, you know,
0: which is, which
1: is a, a holiday, it's a Jewish holiday where um, after Sukkot, after Sukkot, the holiday, they open the Torah and they dance with the Torah. It's like the beginning of the of the Torah, you know, if okay. I'm getting goosebumps speaking. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the beginning. It's the new chapter when they finished reading the whole book.
0: And Sukkot is where you live out in it. 10, yeah, right?
1: Sukkot um, is a holiday. I'm, I'll be quite honest. I need to know more about my okay. Jewish heritage and my backgrounds. I'm working on it. Mm. But Sukkot is a different Jewish holiday, where they build they build uh, walls out of uh, five walls. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to say the wrong information. No, no, no. I understand. Because <laughs> I'm not so uh, no religious. I'm my, my goal is to be more closer to God and yeah. to, be, to know all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I bet it means a lot to you now. It does, it does. 100%. So <clears throat> this um, festival is happening out in an open field?
1: Yes, in the middle of nowhere. It's in the open field. In fact, it's by the, by the Gaza Strip. I didn't even realize that it was that close until we arrived towards the area of the party. But to get to this party, it's in the middle of nowhere. You have to drive on, an, on a, a road that goes down for miles on end You have to drive 30 minutes to reach this party on this one-way road. It's like in the middle of nowhere. And when you get to this party, all the kibbutz, which is where the terrorists Mm -hmm. had uh, taken people from their homes, was all in this area. It was all very close to each other. When you got there, you didn't think anything. (laughs) You know, I didn't think about... I didn't think that this would happen, but I think our bodies, we all have instincts you know our intuition it was weird because when we were on the way to the party my uncle avi he was freaking out that we were so close to the border he's like oh my gosh there's the border here you know we're so close and he started he was getting paranoid in fact when Mm. we stopped to put gas in the car to go to the party, and we were by the border, he was like, I need everyone to stand next to me outside, like, I'm scared, like, always looking over his shoulder, so we were, we were paranoid that we were so close to the border, we didn't realize how close we were until we got there.
0: <sighs> so the party starts, what time are you there?
1: We arrived to the party at around 2.30 in the morning, it took us about an hour to get to the party, and we got there on 2.30. Um, we arrived with a lot of people. There was a lot of people that had arrived at the same time. What
0: time do these things start?
1: Um, you know, I'm old. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, this party, I think it started at like 8 p.m. in mm-hmm. the evening. And it goes all the way till the following day at 3 p.m. So it's like a, oh my. It's a okay. long day party. Yeah. It's like all a right. full, over 24, like okay. a little bit less than 24 hours, right. I would say. But it's a full night today.
0: So you get there.
1: So we got to the party. Um, we entered, it's not, it's a big party for Israel, but for me as an American, this is this is small. It was very, good. <laughs> yeah. you would you remember where your, you're walking. You remember right. the stages and the location. So we were walking through the area just to get like a scope of where everything is. And uh, we walked through the, um, the campgrounds and it was nice a lot of people were coming up to us and speaking to us in fact this one stranger just came up to my uncle and he's like hey you you look like you make the best steaks in the world <laughs> and we all looked at this man in shock because my uncle was in fact one of the best bar- he he made the best steaks in the world <laughs> like the best into the best. And we were in shock that this stranger just came up to him and said that. Mm -hmm. It was like, are you psychic? Are you you an angel? Where did you come from? It was really weird. And then this guy was speaking to us for 10 minutes and he left and then after this guy left, another guy came up to my uncle and he's like, hey you how old are you? You look like you're 25. And my uncle's 65.
0: Mm. (laughs) And
1: my uncle's a very young soul. It was just like a lot of people were going up to him. And it was, I just remembered that, those good times, you know, that that was a, a good memory of mine from this evening. And, we had a beautiful night everyone was in such good vibes everyone was happy everyone had different outfits on they all looked hippie you know this yeah. is a hippie party yeah people people dress themselves right. right. dressed like as themselves excuse me and uh, we were at this one stage and we were dancing until sunrise it was a beautiful night um and then we got tired we decided that we wanted to sit down and uh, relax before we were going to head home And we were sitting in this like tent area where there wasn't any music, there was couches and whatnot. So we were sitting there just vibing and I was sitting with my uncle and he was going through his phone, showing me pictures that he has on his phone, like things that he made, the foods that he's cooked Mm. and like pictures of him and his his nephew, Amit, which he loved very dearly. Just going through photos, showing me photos, which I always look at signs, me personally. And now I think back, I'm like, It's strange that he was showing me all Mm. these photos. It was like as if he knew in his soul that Mm. it was about to be his ending. It was very interesting. Um, And then the sunrise came up, and he's like, let's go dance one last time before we head home. So we went, and we were dancing for about 30 minutes. And my uncle never tells me, never takes pictures with me. And we were dancing by the tent and you could see the sunrise. It was gorgeous. So I was taking videos. My uncle's like, let's take some photos, Lee. This is a perfect time. I'm like, you're right. Let's do that. So I took up my phone and I started taking selfies with him. And we were dancing and it was beautiful. Everyone was just in such a good mood. And then you see what looked like fireworks coming into the sky and I thought to myself, this couldn't be fireworks, it's morning, you know, fireworks is in the nighttime. And then it clicked in my brain that this isn't fireworks, this is rockets missiling into Israel from Gaza.
0: Was it coming towards the, are you okay?
1: Yeah, I'm okay, you okay. know, I found out that um, sighing is very good for me, it releases your okay. stress, don't worry. Good, okay. <laughs>
0: um, so the rockets were coming, were they shelling or looking like they were attempting to hit the music festival or?
1: It was just about. shooting into the air. Um, okay. it was more farther out. It was going not towards our area, but you could still see them.
0: yeah, yeah,
1: um, and there was a lot of them coming and you they were coming from all areas, you know, some were coming towards us, but thank God for the um, for the drome, I'm sorry for the there's iron an iron dope. dome, the mm-hmm. iron dome that you know, protects us from yeah. those missiles. Um, so in this area where the party is located, there isn't any sirens. Because no one lives in this area, it's like right. an open field. So there wasn't any sirens to alert us. So the people that actually saw the uh, the fi- the rockets notified everyone around. And then, out of f- after five minutes of the rockets missiling, they had shut off the music and they were telling everyone to evacuate the party. At this point, we were walking towards the car, and there was everyone was walking leaving the the event area. And I remember. A lot of the people that were with us not with us a lot of people that were at the party they were saying it's okay don't worry this is normal rockets are being thrown into israel all the time this is a normal protocol for them and they didn't look scared not a lot some looked scared and most didn't really it was normal to them so i was telling to myself okay everything's okay this is normal we just have to find shelter that's that's our priority at this moment
0: so uh, the first time I was in Israel, I was really spooked. It was right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. I was really spooked. Because when you see Israel, you're always like, it's always on fire. There's yeah. always people killing people. And it's not like that. No. And uh, I was in, oh, I can't remember, a, a border town. And they fired a rocket. And, um, and it landed by us. But I wasn't freaked out by it. It's a different Vibe. It's
1: different because, like, yeah. you know that you're gonna be safe. Why? Because when there's rockets being flown into Israel, there's uh, bomb shelters in mm-hmm. every home. Everywhere. Most, mostly every home. Ninety percent mm-hmm. of the homes have bomb shelters. Not only do the homes have bomb shelters, but there's actually uh, bomb shelters on the main, on the on roads next yeah. to bomb steps. Sorry, so, next, so, next to bus. I'm sorry, I can't. No, speak. no, no. So that's what I <laughs> was gonna to get stops. at. You're
0: in the middle of a field. Or I remember a bomb shelters being everywhere. Yeah. So
1: there's no. Normally, bomb shelters everywhere in Israel, and where we were located, there was bomb shelters at every bus stop. And I had recalled seeing a bomb shelter on the way to the event. I have a good memory. I yeah. I pick. I remember things without re- realizing yeah, it right. until I need to use it. Right. Um. So when we had evacuated the party and went into the car, our my our priority was to find shelter. So my uncle was like, we need to find shelter, we need to find a bomb shelter. And I said to him, I remembered where the bomb shelter is, let's get onto the main road, I'll direct you to it. Because there's not, there's not many roads, there's only one road out of this event. And you're 30 so,
0: minutes on that yeah, road.
1: Yeah, you're 30 minutes, exactly. So I told him, we got out the event, we made a left-hand turn on this main, main road, and we drove about eight minutes down this road until we came across the bus stop on the left-hand side. When we had I forgot to mention um, when when I was at the event at the event, I had met up with my cousin Nitsan and Lidol, but they came in a separate car, so when we got into the cars, we went separate ways mm. because we were in separate cars, so yeah. my cousin went into a different bomb shelter than us, but I was in the bomb I went into the car with my uncle, his daughter, the people that I went to the event I right. went with them back into the car. And we got seven of. There were seven of us exactly. Um, So five of us, uh, five of us got into the car. We went towards the bomb shelter, and we parked on the side of the road, and we entered the bomb shelter. And when we describe the
0: bomb shelter, sure,
1: of course, this bomb shelter is a five by eight feet, uh, made out of concrete. Most of it is. There's a lot of the a lot of the space of this by from this eight by five five by eight is a lot of concrete. So when you go inside, it's even smaller than mm-hmm. the actual size of it outside. I have a, I have pictures. Um, yeah. I think I sent it. So we entered this bomb shelter, and there was about 15 of us inside, mainly girls. A lot of them were screaming and crying panicking and in my mind I'm thinking okay we're in a safe place we're in a bomb shelter what could happen what worse could happen if a rocket falls on us or next to us we're gonna be safe because we're inside of a bomb shelter so in my mind I was trying to calm myself down and trying to stay positive on the fact that I'm in a safe place and I started making phone calls. I called my mom. I had let her know what was going on. I told her I'm in a bomb shelter. Everything's okay because in my because at this in this point everything was okay. And
0: uh, this is different than the last call you made to your mom. That's right? correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. I just that want was to make the sure beginning. the timeline. Yes, that's was, correct. Yeah, okay.
1: That was that was in the beginning. Um, right when we entered the bomb shelter. And you were
0: Fairly positive. I was, good.
1: yeah, I was fairly positive. I was good, and mind you, my Hebrew isn't so well, mm-hmm. especially when I'm in when I'm stressed or mm-hmm. I'm going through panic. I don't listen. I can't. The words don't um, mm-hmm. don't go through. Don't register through my brain because mm-hmm. I'm not focusing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were making conversations, speaking really fast, and I couldn't understand. I couldn't tell what they were saying. And uh, after twenty of after twenty minutes of sitting inside this small bomb shelter. It got really hot inside and I decided I'm gonna go outside and take a deep breath and some fresh air. And I went outside the bomb shelter and my uncle Avi was speaking with a a brave Bedouin man, a friendly Bedouin man that was working the festival grounds. He was also hiding inside the bomb shelter from the rockets and he came to my uncle and he was speaking to him. And I went up to my uncle and I said, Avi, what is he saying, what is he saying? And my uncle's not answering me. He didn't want to tell me. He said, just go inside the bomb shelter. Later on, after, I got r- after October 7th, I found out that this, my cousin told me, his, Avi's daughter, who was with us in the bomb shelter, she told me that this Bedouin man had notified Avi that there was going to be a terrorist attack because he received notice from his family. So this Bedouin man was letting my uncle know what was going to happen.
0: So for people who don't know, Bedouin is a... a Nomadic yeah. uh, tribe, Arab, exactly. Not necessarily pro-Palestinian or I've, anti-Israel or any not of. Not necessarily.
1: Just, yeah, they, we there's a lot of we live with Bedouin. A right. lot of Bedouins in Israel. We right. work with them. Right. Um, so they they're part of they're part of Israel. You know, right. they're the citizens of Israel. Right. As well. Um, so they were. He was working the festival grounds, and he was with us. And why would his family know about the attack? I'm not sure they got notice, okay. I think maybe someone found out okay um a lot also when he hadn't told when he had let my uncle know this was already after an hour of the rockets being thrown in, mm. and I know that Hamas was posting videos as early as six forty five in the morning, so maybe someone saw it on telegram, maybe yeah, okay. someone saw it on the news mm-hmm. when it went out. Um, I'm not sure to be honest, but he got notified and he had let my uncle know. And I was there with my uncle when he was speaking to him, but I didn't understand what was going on. And my uncle was just saying, go inside, go inside the bomb shelter, which I'm really grateful he didn't tell me because I think I would have panicked Mm -hmm. if he had told me that there was gonna be a terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I had no idea that there was gonna be a terrorist attack, but everybody else with me inside this bomb shelter they all knew that there was going to be a terrorist attack. And everyone was screaming and crying and more people started showing up. And at this point, we're about 40 people in this bomb shelter. In a five by eight. In a five by eight foot concrete box, which is actually smaller than five by eight because more of the space is concrete.
0: Have you, uh, have you uh, ever been to Auschwitz?
1: I know, Michael. I would love to go. I yeah. want to go one day.
0: It is... Uh extraordinarily difficult when you get into the actual chamber gas chamber oh, I'm sure. But that sounds very much like:
1: Like a chamber gas I, I, to be honest, I thought I was in the Holocaust in the moment. I even there's text messages of me sending to my family saying, "Can't believe I'm in this. I can't believe it. I feel like I'm in the Holocaust." It's like history repeats itself.
0: It does. Okay, so, so you're in, everybody's panicked.
1: Everyone's panicked. And at this point, when I had entered this bomb shelter, it was already 90% full. So I was in the entryway of this bomb shelter. Oh my gosh. So I didn't have enough space in towards, and I was with my uncle. So we were trying to get way We weren't pushing our way in, but... Every time that there was an inch of space, we would try to move towards it. Just because everyone was screaming, we didn't understand what was going on. We just wanted to stay inside, just in case there was gonna be a rocket that hits by the bomb shelter.
0: And you don't want to be at the doorway.
1: And don't wanna be at the doorway, especially where I was, where we were. It was a horrible spot. So more people started showing up and then the where we were there was it was packed until the uh, entryway of the actual bomb shelter so the hallway before you enter the box was full of people so we were packed and you hear this Bedouin man that was speaking to my uncle after 10 minutes uh, 10 minutes later you hear the same Bedouin man screaming at the top of his lungs he's saying I don't know what he was saying because he was speaking Arabic but you, it sounded like he was saying I'm Arab I'm Arab and after he started screaming those words what sounded like a thousand bullets were going towards were going off towards the hallway of the bomb shelter and um, machine gun fire machine gun on automat yeah and who everyone that was standing in the hallway of the bomb shelter, and including our friend Alex, who was guarding the bomb shelter, he, they all died instantly. And I think there was about five to eight of them standing in the hallway. It was a very small hallway, so it couldn't fit much people, but there was a lot of people. Well, eight people is a lot, you know.
0: And, and your friend Alex was one.
1: Alex was one of them. I think he was one of the first because he told us from the beginning that he 's going to guard this bomb ba- he said that he 's going to guard this bomb shelter and he 's not going to let nobody pass and he did just that to be honest What and a guardian he was a big guardian in fact, the videos that were released of people like other civilians that saw, were in the bomb shelter there 's videos of Alex outside the bomb shelter, and you see him guarding the bomb shelter just with no fear, like he had no fear, even from the moment that the rockets were going off, he had no fear. I applaud him, he's a, he's a hero, he's mm. a big hero. So when the terrorists started shooting off towards the, the hallway, everyone who was in the hallway died instantly, History. fell on the floor and the terrorist walked into the bomb shelter, walked in, to, in towards the hallway of the bomb shelter got towards the, the doorway of the bomb shelter where me and my uncle were standing. We were standing, but there was some people in front of us. And the terrorist aimed the gun inside, the automatic gun inside the shelter and started shooting on automatic for 20 seconds, um, going like this, trying to kill as many of us as possible. And then after they started shooting they threw two grenade, bo- two uh, grenades back to back inside the bomb shelter. It's five by eight. <sighs> it's a five by eight, yeah. It's but these, this grenade isn't like the you. I don't know the difference. Okay. I've never seen yes. explosions of grenades, right. but it was. Uh, I think it's a handmade grenade, or okay. it's made from. I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong information, but mm-hmm. what happens when this grenade explodes? Um, particles explodes with it, and this particles it, like can take your hand off, okay. it can take your foot off, mm-hmm. it can, it flies everywhere, and, it, like, and it's hot too, it's like hot metal. So the grenades exploded, and everyone who was f- around, like standing around this grenade, all got killed instantly. Um, and the second grenade that had exploded a big piece of it exploded on my uncle's chest and he had died instantly while he was standing next to me side by side and this was just the the beginning i was just 7:45 in the morning they threw in um this glass it was a glass bottle full of fluids with a piece of leather on it not leather like a piece of a a t-shirt or something and they light it yeah a molotov a molotov and they throw it inside when the glass shatters it will light on fire so they threw two bottles of this inside the shelter and it didn't explode because there were so many bodies inside the shelter that it didn't. It didn't uh, shatter the glass. Thank God. But what? But it didn't shatter. But it did explode. Uh, there was um, like a smoke bomb that had entered the bomb shelter from this mm-hmm. ex- from this bottle. And the smoke bomb, it chokes you. It, I was about to run out. I was thinking to myself, okay, I'm gonna run out, I need to I need to breathe, I'm mm. gonna die, I'm gonna die. And something in my in me told me, No, Lee, you need to stay in here, you need to find strategies to stay alive. And I was looking on the floor for something. I don't know what I was looking for, but I had I was choking from air and i wanted to cover my face and I had a jacket that was sitting around my waist that i was in fact debating to bring to the event i took it off my cha- off my waist i put it over my head and i had crawled to the floor into a ball and i started breathing really slowly and focusing on my breathing and i that's when i realized that my uncle had just got hit by the grenade it was like all of this happened back to back like there was no time to even focus to acknowledge to even process what what just had happened and i'm sitting there and i see my uncle dead next to me and i see people in front of me all dead I see a girl that her face was blown off from the gunshots. Uh, a girl that her back had her her back got exploded from the grenade and she was screaming, oh. screaming and we were asking her to be quiet. We understood that she was go- she was in she was in so much pain. But every time that she was screaming, the terrorist would enter again and throw more grenades and would try to eliminate us. And at this point we're like maybe 15 of us alive inside this bomb shelter out of the forty. out of the 40 in this moment this is but this is still the morning wow. and this group of terrorists would leave and then you would hear another group of terrorists coming with uh, in the different forms of transportation they would come with by on motorcycles on trucks on cars you would hear them always in the different style of transportation and I could hear because I was so focusing on the sounds Mm because that's all I could do in in this moment because I was closing my eyes. Right. And in this moment I would hear the terrorists come back again and I would pick up all the bodies that had just died and I would put them over me to shield myself from any of the explosions that they would throw into the bomb shelter. What was that like? It was, it was can't even explain to you what we've been what I've been through what we've been through and i don't know how i had the energy or the power but i during this moments these moments that we're being terrorized by these terrorists i took my phone out and i started contacting my fiance i started calling my mom i started right when i when my uncle died i called my mom to tell her what happened and she couldn't understand me because there was no service she's like what hello hello i can't hear you and so i hung up and i sent her a voice message and that's the voice message that you you heard Um, It was right in the moment That's you can hear the terror in my voice and not only my voice but the people around me in the background like it was so traumatizing and every 30 minutes new terrorists would attack us and they would throw our they would throw hand grenades and there was there was this one time that they threw an rpg at the bomb shelter oh my and when they threw this rpg it was like the bit, like all of the blasts are loud to begin with but this explosion i'll never forget it it was like our whole bodies whoever was dead and alive we all like like our bodies went up into the air and like fell back down just from the blast of oh, the explosion. God. And every time that they attacked us, you would hear the excitement and the joy in their voices. They would scream, al-Aqbal. And they would, you, you hear them screaming of laughter, of, of joy, like this is, like this turns them on. Like that's exactly how I felt. Like, it was horrible. It was, it was horrible. We were in this bomb shelter for eight hours eight eight hours and every 30 and every 30 minutes the terrorists new terrorists would attack us um there was a point that i had like three bodies on me oh my gosh like i wanted them every time that someone would die unfortunately i would pick them up and i would put them with me or i would pick them up and i'd put them in the entrance like in the doorway to block us, like to to shield us from the grenades. So were
0: they walking on the bodies in the hallway to get to, or were they just doing everything from the hallway, the entrance?
1: So in the beginning, when they first attacked us, when they killed Alex in the hallway and everyone in the beginning, they had walked, the the terrorists had walked into the bomb shelter and attacked inside. But after that one time, they just kept throwing grenades and would shoot from the hallway.
0: So where are you in a square, if the hallway yeah. is in the front? Um,
1: this is a question. So I'm like right by the entryway of the door. But you're off? Like there was like a little wall right. that saved me. But this little wall, there was a wall, and then there was like the entry doorway. Mm. But there was no door, so it was like a doorless yeah, yeah. way, right? So I was right by the front. I, In fact, when we got rescued, I was the first person outside the shelter that's how close I was. I was the first person. Alive. I'm al- um, Not alive, but I was the first person like in front. Like it was oh, a line of people. Wow. I was the first in the, in the bomb shelter by the entry door.
0: You get the final part of the story here in just a second. First, let me tell you about a couple of sponsors that we have. Relief Factor is a way that I got out of pain. Um, a Few years ago, I, I just couldn't do this with my hands. They hurt so badly um now i'm learning how to play the piano i can paint i can do this with my hands it's amazing what relief factor did for me if you've been dealing with pain in your life please try relief factor works for you you get your life back if it doesn't yes you're out 1995 but they have a, a deal going on right now where it's the guarantee feel better or your money back I mean, there's really nothing to lose here. Just try it. Relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief, 800, the number four relief. It's relieffactor.com. Also, I want to tell you about a a sponsor that um, I just love these guys because I love American entrepreneurs. I love people who not only take the risk to be an entrepreneur, but then take the risk to be an American entrepreneur if you want to make something in america and you want to source all of the stuff from america it is extraordinarily difficult um it has very little upside because it's so expensive in america if you want to be competitive your margin is so small this is a company grip six that actually makes everything in america from american parts That's the backbone of our economy, trying to put food on the table for our fellow Americans, give people skills. It's one of the reasons I love partnering with GRIP6. It's a true American experience. you're buying belts or wallets or their socks, you're supporting the American ranchers who raise the bread sheep that produce the modern wool here in America. The American manufacturers who wash the wool, then process the wool. The other people that weave it into socks that keep your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. It's an American business. Gripsix.com slash back. Go there now. Gripsix.com slash back. It's unimaginable being under dead people. It is. Uh, it w- it was, was there any thought, or was that just a natural
1: instinct? It's a, thank you for asking this, because, yeah. you know, even for myself, if, I, if you asked me this before, I'd be like, what, I was under dead yeah, no, bodies? Never. That's insane, never. I never felt more safe being under the dead bodies. Like, I felt the safest with them on me, rather than being without them, with, like, on top of my body. Like, it was a, it was a survival mode instinct. Mm-hmm. It was definitely survival mode. If I was in survival mode. I was looking, I was thinking about strategies to survive. Like, in the moments when they were attacking me, I was thinking about, how am I going to survive this? I was, I remember my uncle had died, I was like, okay, he has, a, he has a pair of keys in his wallet, in his pocket, and he has a phone. My phone has 20%, so I, ha- I was thinking about, like, what, what's, what's going to happen later on this day, you know what I mean? Because mm. I had 20% on my phone, and I was... I was trying to grab my uncle's phone so that way I could have a second backup phone and I was trying to grab his car keys so that way when the terrorist would leave I could get into his car and drive off which at, at the end I wasn't able to get his car keys which I'm glad I did, didn't because yeah, I, I think have. it would have saved my it saved my life I yeah. would have been met shot them on the road. yeah I would have met them on the road yeah but I was trying to stay positive and trying to help others around me I was putting bodies on them I was trying to help this girl that was in front of me. I don't know how she stayed. I don't know how she's alive. Like it was a miracle that she stayed alive because she was in front, but she had gotten shot and she was right where the grenades were exploding. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was also there, but she was even closer. Um,
0: Did you guys talk in those 30 minutes or what was? In the eight hours? Yeah.
1: Um, In the moment, in the beginning, we were all in shock. Even myself, I didn't cry, I didn't speak. I only spoke to my family on the phone because I needed I wanted to get us help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't speak with anyone around me for the first two hours. We were all like in shock. We were all kind of dozed off disassociated with the world like I was aware and a focus of everything, but I was like staring into the wall you know my. And you know, they say your life flashes before your eyes. Like my life really flashed. Like I started daydreaming about my life growing up when I was a kid, like all of this, it was crazy. It was insane. Um, but after a few hours, we did start talking. We were trying to help each other. We were looking for waters inside the shelter. I mean, there was this one water bottle that we found that had this much water, and we were like eight, nine people at this point. Oh my. Nine of us, each of us took sips, and we were all passing it to one another. We were all trying to help each other. Like, we weren't selfish. Everyone was was very, um
0: Altruistic.
1: Very everybody looking for each other. Everyone was looking out for each other. No one left anyone behind. We all we were keeping each other staying we were talking to each other and staying positive, making conversation. In fact I was speaking to everyone, I was saying to them, What are you gonna do when you get out? What are you gonna (laughs) eat?
0: How universal. <laughs> What's the first thing you're going to eat? What are you going to do when you get out? Yeah, and, I, and they were looking at
1: me like, you're crazy. Like, we're not going to get out of this. But I'm like trying to stay positive, yeah. trying to stay positive. Um, I was screaming to God. I was praying to God. I was... Screaming! I was telling everybody because I have a grandpa who was a big, big rabbi in my, in my ancestry and I was telling them, don't worry, my grandpa's protecting us, mm. <laughs> screaming his name, like being a, like a crazy lady, you know?
0: <laughs> it's funny because you are the, you are maybe the poster child for there are no atheists in the foxhole. <laughs> you didn't go in an atheist, but you didn't you weren't a big god person
1: Mm-mm, I wasn't a big god person, and i mean i I've always felt God around right, but growing up, I never was taught my religion as much as I wanted to now as a person um and I feel very close to God. I feel like God gave me a second chance in life, and i think I feel like I owe it to God to be closer to my religion and to, to my roots so I can pass this down to my children. Right. Like It's very important to me, especially after what happened on October 7th.
0: So there's two ways to go from that. So let me first stop here. Did you bargain with God? I, <laughs> you did? I did. I would have too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I bargained with God. What I did said you to say? him two things. I said, if I'm gonna die, just let me die without suffering because there was a lot that, a lot of a lot of people that suffered in front of me and it was horrifying to see that. And I said the second thing is if I get out of this alive I will do everything I can in my power to be closer to you. Every week, every month, you know, just to be closer and to 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 do my duties, you know, as a Jewish person. Mm-hmm and respect Hashem. Go to,
0: sh- go to Shabbat. Do sh- yeah, keep do Shabbat, Shabbat. Yeah.
1: which I'll be honest, it's not easy to keep Shabbat, especially when you come from a home where you never kept Shabbat. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> you know, I it's, know, it's it's, 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 it's the, baby steps.
0: The Jewish the Jewish life is not easy. It's, it's not, not easy. It's not easy.
1: It's not easy, but I do believe in baby steps. I feel mm-hmm. like uh, when I do baby steps and I take small every week, I do something more. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes it easier for me to mm-hmm. to move to that side, mm-hmm. to be more closer and to start keeping Shabbat fully. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I kept since October 7th, I've kept Shabbat four times um, fully, but uh, it's been a little bit hard, but I'm, every week I'm getting better, and, I, and when I don't do it fully, I feel guilt within me, and mm. I feel it, like I feel like I'm doing something bad, which at least if I feel that guilt, I have,
0: Well, hopefully it like
1: It gets better, you know what I mean? Hopefully
0: it will turn in, because I I was the same way when I first realized and bargained with God. And the first part was, uh, I made this promise and I would feel guilty. And then it turns into... I don't want to do anything other than this. I, This is so good. It is and, good. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: and it's rewarding too. Yeah. Yeah. And when I do it, I feel closer to God even more. Like I feel the presence. I feel the rewardness. Mm-hmm. I feel like good things happen. Mm-hmm. Good people come around me. Yeah. You know, you yeah. are who you hang out with. Yeah. It's a big thing.
0: So... Which is a good thing on your fiancé. Yes, yeah. yeah, and
1: he's very close to God, yeah. so,
0: I mean, it's That amazing. saved his life.
1: It did save his life, yeah. and I, even for him, he went through different trauma, but because of this whole thing, him not coming to the event and him standing with his grounds mm-hmm. on not coming, um, I think that opened his eyes even more on being closer to, to God mm-hmm. on his end as well.
0: So the other way to look at this is not just you spiritually. But there have been 19 holocausts. 19. This keeps happening over and over again. Happening. And I, I know because I've I've worried about the cycle repeating for the last 20 years. I've been talking about we're planting all the wrong seeds. And um a lot of jewish people didn't see it coming didn't didn't recognize the seeds that are always planted before and those who went through the holocaust never again and they taught it and i think some went one way where they said i don't want to be with god okay if this god lets this happen i don't others were connected to their Jewishness, if you will, mm-hmm. and to their God, and it it carries with it, I imagine, um, responsibility, um, a deeper a need almost to know your roots know why you're Jewish know why the world is doing this am I right or wrong
1: I agree it's important it's important for the Jewish people to know where they came from and to know their ancestries and their history because if we don't know what happened in the past then it history is gonna repeat itself mm-hmm. and it's gonna fall off and not just with history but with a religion you know
0: yeah It's
1: unbelievable.
0: So you're now, what time do we go to? You're in the shelter. You're starting to talk to one another. People are still coming in. Mm -hmm. What time does this change?
1: Um, Around 2 o'clock. Long hours. (laughs) Around 2 p.m. a car rolled up. And we heard a, a man speaking in Hebrew. And at first we were all very scared. You know, because we were terrified that this was a terrorist, you know, pretending to speak Hebrew. Right. So um, we didn't answer this man. And the voice came closer and he started entering the bomb shelter. And he said, Nitsan, it's the Abba, which means Nitsan, it's Abba. Nitsan uh, is a girl that was with us in the shelter. It's dad. It's dad. And my cousin's husband, who was sitting next to me, Ma'o, he said, they're here to save us. Get up, get up. And I was the first person, I got up so fast. I had ran over the bodies to the car and when I had got into the car, I was by myself outside, and I got so scared because I saw a car coming. I didn't know if this is a terrorist oh or if this is gosh. backup or whatever the case. So I had ran back into the bomb shelter, running over the bodies. And the father looked at me. He's like, "What are you doing here? Go back to the car!" And I got so scared. So I went back to the car. Like I was so like I didn't know what right. to do. I was it was just so, was so strange it was, comfort. it was just weird it was yeah. so strange so we ended up all getting into the car after 5 minutes um we were nine of us in the car
0: how and many out of the original 7 that came with you
1: from the 7 um so cuz we went to we entered this bomb shelter only 5 of five. us from the 7 so from the 5 of us that entered this bomb shelter only 3 of us survived so my uncle avi and our friend Alex died in this bomb shelter.
0: Um, right away.
1: Right, yeah, in the beginning, Alex died. He was in the hallway, and then Avi was with next to me when, when they threw the first grenades into the shelter in the beginning. They both died in the beginning, in the morning. Um, but uh, we got into the car, and Nitsan's father, said to us don't look outside the window put your head down and we couldn't listen we didn't listen to him we had to do just that we had to look yeah. outside the window and the drive back to safety was a war zone you could like this there was a one-way road this road that i had just, I, that i was just telling you earlier it's very small it's like one car on each lane like there's one lane this way and one lane that mm-hmm. way it's one lane per car, one car per lane and the lane was full of dead bodies that we couldn't even drive on the road. We had to drive on the dirt path, where the field is, to get to to get to like an open space road without bodies and cars burned to death. Uh, it was horrible. Um, when we drove on the dirt path, it was on where the where they do all the farming. You see all the dead people on the ground, like they were running for their lives, and they got shot. <sighs> You saw people with their heads chopped off, people burnt, cars that were burnt. It was worse than a scene of The Walking Dead. I don't know if you've seen that show before. It's even worse uh, than that, worse than that. The things that we saw was inhumane. Not even animals do that to their own prey. You know, uh, it was horrible. What
0: do you want people to take away from our time together
1: it's important for people to know what's really happening and to actually do their history look up their history and to know actual facts instead of reading um, fake news and on social media because right now I feel like a lot of people are being fed misled information and that's causing a lot of Um, that's causing a lot of issues for us on our end. And it's it's horrible.
0: (sighs) Usually what happens, I mean, I'm so struck by the repeat of history here where, you know, we didn't have videos, but we had eyewitnesses and the world didn't listen.
1: The world didn't listen.
0: And it's not, I used to think it was because it's so horrible. Why would you believe that? You couldn't believe that. But now there's video, now we, we know it, we've seen it, we've heard it, and for some reason...
1: They still don't believe us.
0: Still they don't believe it.
1: No, even with video, they say it's AI, huh? What, the AI can do something like this? You yeah. know, my cousin Nitsan and her boyfriend door when they had gone separate ways, they went in their car, we turned left, they had turned right on this main road, unfortunately and they entered this bomb sh- a different bomb shelter than us. And in this bomb shelter, the terrorists, in fact, um, they murdered my cousin and her boyfriend. And there was a video of my cousin's boyfriend running outside the bomb shelter as the terrorists are shooting him to death. It went viral, I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this specific bomb shelter, they kidnapped people, I mean, Hirsch, I don't know about Hirsch's story. Hirsch was in this bomb shelter with my cousin Nitsan Lido. I hope they bring Hirsch home. So I just have to say that, it's really important. But my cousin Nitsan, she was four months pregnant when they murdered her. Four months pregnant. It was, it was so sad was so sad to coming home after being saved having to go to my cousin's funeral and my uncle's funeral and my cousin's boyfriend's funeral it was just like just to see them being buried when i was just with them Mm. a few days ago you know
0: somebody told me recently what how would your life change if you would start to view things as things aren't happening to you, but they're happening for you. And it's hard on something like this to look at it that way. But I think you are. I think you're you're taking it and finding the good to come from it. And I, I can't thank you enough for being with me, and I can't thank you for sharing this.
1: Thank you, Glenn. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. I'm I'm trying to, I can to look feel at it. the positive. I'm, I'm a positive person. That's my nature. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll ever change. I mean, there's going to be days where I feel bad. <laughs> Negative. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I try to look at the positive. I, I say that I feel like my uncle died to save us to save me his daughter and his son-in-law and along with the others that had survived with me inside this bomb shelter because if there's no way that we survived it was it was a miracle it was an absolute miracle especially after i seeing my uncle die in front of me and it's not like he was sitting like where you are he was right next there. to me right. like like he guarded me he shielded me was like God knew everything like we don't see the whole picture you know we just see this but God knows has the whole picture yeah it's a puzzle to every piece you know God bless you thank you Glenn God bless you too
0: just a reminder I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people